This is the Building the Dam podcast. Uh, today, Travis joins me. We talk about Cal Poly. We talk about uh, the Stanford game this weekend that we're pumped for. And, of course, uh, big, big recruiting news out there. And we also sort of ramble about the college football landscape and uh, what piqued our interest. So enjoy the show. Joining me now is the one and only Travis Johannes from Building the Dam. How are you doing, Travis? The one and only. I like that. I, I, I need to start going by that all the time. The one and only. Um, I'm doing pretty good. How are you doing? I mean, I'm doing great. Great news for the Beavers today. Uh, with oh, Devin Williams oh, committing to the program. Yeah, that was um, that, that transfer portal is amazing, man. I love that thing. I, I'm gonna, gonna, I don't know. I'm gonna just. I don't know. I don't even know, man. It's like it, that thing's like the gift that keeps on giving to Oregon State football. <laughs> yeah, I, for real. They've landed so many good players to the transfer portal. We are, I, we are transfer transfer portal. You and I'm I'm 100% here for it. <laughs> yes, uh, I love it. And Devin Williams, he seems like a stud athlete, um, and he's big. He's a big receiver at six four. Yeah, that's oh. I uh, next year's offense. I mean, this year's offense is pretty good. They've got some great receivers. If they can manage to, uh, I, I kind of suspect Hodgins is going to go pro. But if he does come back, oh, that that's a yeah. that's an, just an elite wide receiving core. Yeah, for sure. Um, and it's been a while since we've talked and recorded a podcast. I'm actually going through a move, moving back to the Portland area, so I'm actually yeah, pretty excited about that. Thank you. Um, but how are you feeling after that comfortable Cal Poly win, bye week to prepare, and now the Stanford game is coming up? What do you, how do you feel about the Oregon State program? Um, what are your thoughts? I mean, the Cal Poly win was nice. It, it honestly didn't do much for me just because you they did what they were. They should have done. Um, the defense looked good, but again, it's against a FCS team, so it's hard to really take too much from it. But there definitely wasn't anything negative from that game. There was some positives. You know, they had a the Champ Funding's kind of having a breakout game. Yeah, got some love on on just on the, in the Twitter Twitterverse and the Sports Center, and I think Randy Moss was tweeting about him after that one catch over the receiver. Or over the defense. Yeah, that was so sweet. That was pretty cool. That was it was good. It was exciting to see as a as a as a person who is um, vertically yeah, challenged. Height. Yeah, there we go. I like that. Yeah, it, it's a uh, it's it's fun to see the uh, the little guys. Um, like I I I don't think I've ever been like man I'm bigger than that guy when looking at the football team, but uh, I'm right about there. So, yeah, good to see. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I think I'm the exact same height and weight as Champ Fleming's on the roster, 5'5", nice. uh, five, five, 140. Which Except, means uh, you're probably bigger because they lie on the roster. So, you know, they all, <laughs> yeah. They all <laughs> but I'm like, I cannot believe this guy who is my height is out here making these plays against D1 football players. That's awesome. It was it was funny when I uh, when I was a student athletic trainer at the team. Um, my senior year was James Rogers' freshman year, and I remember standing next to him, and I was like 
slightly taller than him. I'm like, oh, that's cool. But he also <laughs> uh, was jacked and, like, yeah. There's a lot more differences, but I did have the height to bend by, by a fracture of an inch. So, yeah. 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 I mean, uh, I was, I was pretty surprised in a good way about that Cal Poly game. Oregon State kind of came out firing and all cylinders on offense and really kind of ran away with it in the first half. It was a fairly comfortable win and the defense looked pretty good for uh yeah. like they should yeah and i so. that that was kind of the question coming in especially because it was a, a triple option offense so that always kind of throws a little wrench in and i i i definitely expected cal Poly to put up some more points so holding them to seven and basically it was just that that first drive other than that yeah. they, they shut them out so that was that was pretty nice to see again it's fcs so you know it's hard to take a whole lot from it but it definitely there was definitely some, a lot of positives that game. So, um, yeah, yeah, and yeah. the defense—they've gone from pass-heavy Hawaii to triple-option run-heavy Cal Poly, and then Oklahoma State was a little more balanced, but they had a scrambling QB to deal with. Um, yeah, it's, def- and, it's, it's definitely been some tests as far as just different schemes constantly. Yeah. Yeah, so it'll be be interesting. They've had a week, extra week to prepare for Stanford, and I think Stanford, you know, they're still Stanford. They're going to want to be physical, physical at the point of attack, and they're going to want to run the ball and stop the run. Um, but they've got a veteran QB and a couple of pretty talented pass catchers. Um, are, are you feeling confident going into the Stanford game? I think it's only a three and a half, four point spread in Stanford's favor. Um, I define confident. I I do. I am. Um, we do our weekly pick them, and I am going to pick Oregon State. I do think Oregon State's going to win. Now, if you had to ask me my confidence in that, it's about fifty-one percent. So it's <laughs> it's real close. It's real close. But I, I I do. I I think this is a very good chance for um Oregon State to come out get a get a Pac-12 win, beat Stanford for the first time in like a decade, I think. I think it was 2009. Wow. The last win over Stanford. I, I could be wrong. I read that. I'm pretty sure I read that somewhere. I don't even remember where. So if I'm wrong, eh, I'm bad. But, uh, <laughs> but and, and, and I think getting a win over Stanford is – would be a huge boost in confidence, even though it's not necessarily the Stanford um, of the past few years. But still, they kind of past decade they've been near the top of the Pac-12 consistently. So, yeah. getting a win versus them, even if it's not as big of a win as it may have been a couple of years ago, would be huge. And I, 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 I don't know. I really, I do think the uh, they're going to pull it off, but yeah. I wouldn't be surprised either way. Yeah, I'm uh, Bill Conley, now at ESPN, formerly at SB Nation. He does his S&P power ranking projection, advanced stats, whatever you want to call it, um, and he's actually got Oregon State favored in this game, and he's got Oregon State 
ranked a little bit higher than Stanford, which surprised me. Um, so I I don't know what to, to think. Stanford has not looked impressive this season. I mean, they opened up with a, a win against Northwestern, and Northwestern's offense just looked really, really bad. So that win doesn't seem as impressive. Um, and then they got blown out against USC and UCF. Yeah, and then um... – and they lost to Oregon, too, which wasn't exactly a blowout, but that was kind of one of those games where I don't think it was really ever in question. Um, it ended up, I forget what the final score was. It was 21-6 to or maybe 28-6. Yeah, I think that was the final. Where It was one of those games where um, I, didn't, I, I, only, I only watched a little bit of it, so, but it just kind of seemed like it was never really in question. Like, Stanford hung somewhat close, but I don't think anyone ever really thought, okay, they might pull this off. Um, so they've definitely uh, had a bit of a rough year. Sorry, you, you talked about the Northwest. Did you see the clip from the Northwestern? I know this is completely off topic, but you said Northwestern, and now this is where my brain went. So <laughs> going to go on the little ride with me. Um, did you see the quote from – what is their coach's name? Was uh, it like Pat Fitzgerald or something? Yes, yes. So he <laughs> – and I, I didn't catch the uh, full question. It was something along the lines of, you know, your offense isn't – it was after their last game. Um, your offense hasn't been doing that great. Uh, it's, is it something with the game plan? That's something to that effect. And he, he basically said, well, you know, obviously every week when they make the game plan, they think it's going to be a successful one. Um, otherwise, they wouldn't make it. He was like, you know, right now it hasn't worked out. The offense needs to be better. And then he said something to the effect of, I know there's – thousands of uh people on twitter.com that that think they could that think they know the uh how to call plays better than we do and i invite those people to send send me an email at hashtag i don't care (laughs) 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 i thoroughly enjoyed that quote so yeah that's sorry that's a complete tangent that has nothing to do with oregon state football or anything we're talking about really but i just i enjoyed that no, yeah, that's hilarious. I I, I remember I, I he's the same guy. Of, oh, go ahead. I kind of want to uh, uh, make an email address hashtag I don't care at gmail dot com or something like that. <laughs> yeah, that's a golden opportunity there. Um, and I think that he's Northwestern head coach. He's the same guy that was uh, kind of made waves in the preseason talking about how cell phones are to blame for decreased attendance at football games and basically all of the problems in society boil down to people on their cell phones. So it, it makes sense that he's not a big fan of Twitter.com. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, but, I mean, back to the... Back to the Stanford game work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, it seems like their, their quarterback has kind of battled injuries, um, but really they seem vulnerable through the air. I know Oregon had success in the air. USC and UCF definitely had success through the air. Uh, But I'm looking at the box score, and Oregon ran the ball 30 times against Stanford for a total of 60, 61 yards. So they held them to two yards of carry. So really all their damage was done through the air. Um, which that's going to put a lot of pressure on Jake Luton and Isaiah Hodgins and the other receivers if the Beavers can't get a lot through the ground. Yeah, that's a uh, 
do wonder, I think uh, Oregon State probably has a little bit better rushing attack, honestly, than, uh, than Oregon shows. So I, I think they could put up better numbers. But, yeah, I think, like, like I said, it's, it's gonna probably going to come down to what they can do through the air. And I believe Tyjon Lindsay is healthy. It sounds so, like he's going to play, yes. Okay. So having him back would be huge. Um, I mean, Bradford is, is out weapon. again. Yeah. I Honestly, I wonder at what point they just call it and redshirt him and let him play in the last four games. Um, I think that point's got to be yeah. coming soon, honestly. But, yeah. but Oregon State has, I mean, even without Bradford, they still got a lot of weapons on the uh, in the receiving core, namely Hodgins, but got some other guys out there. So I think they, they could definitely exploit that uh, that that secondary. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's going to be big. And I think Champ Fleming's having a little bit of a breakout game against Cal Poly will be nice, um, even with Tyjon Lindsay back, to kind of have that third option, which is something the Beavers have been missing. Um, and flipping it over to the other side of the ball, uh, what kind of worries you about this Stanford offense? They've struggled, but they haven't played a defense like this Oregon State defense, which is not a compliment. Yeah, I mean, honestly, that's, that's... – that's my biggest worry about any offense is they haven't had a chance to play a defense that has liked this defense. So, um, I mean, having the veteran quarterback who's, like I said, hasn't he's battled some injury already this year and hasn't had, put up great numbers yet, but he has in the past. So, you know, he could be poised for a breakout game. Um, you know, if he plays, I think he might be still battling some injuries. So who knows? I guess that that could yeah. throw a wrench to it. But assuming he plays, um, having that veteran quarterback there, veteran quarterback back there, is definitely a threat to the Oregon State defense. Um, and and yeah. Stanford's always been able to has always been able to run the ball. They they don't typically have as much of the uh, that explosiveness. Where they're gonna rack up a, a ton of yards on on one one or two plays on the ground, but they usually have that they'll throw as many linemen out there as they legally can and just march down for four yards, five yards, three yards, and a play. And it's gonna be a real test for the D line, who is again improved, but still probably not where you want to be yeah yeah i mean they're like you said they're pretty stout on the ground and they've got the big line and that's going to be tough to deal with uh but i think what i'm most worried about on stanford's team is uh their six foot seven tight end colby parkinson um him and costello i think they hooked up for four touchdowns and 150 odd yards last year when the beavers played them and uh, that man had a career day against his Beaver defense, and that's going to be hard to stop against six foot seven. I think he had a touchdown last week against Oregon, um, and yeah, obviously the coaching staff's aware of him. I think Jonathan Smith said basically we're we're well aware of what he can do, but you can't you can't send everybody on one guy, but he'll get his share of focus. Um, 
yeah, it it'll be interesting for sure to see kind of strength against strength and not strength against not strength <laughs> in this football game. Yeah, that's a yeah. It, it could be a game where both teams find the uh, find the end zone a handful of times. Um, yeah, I guess I I, I kind of forgot about that guy, and I, maybe I just blocked it from my memory. But he did tear us up last year that uh, tight end. So yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, it's gonna be. <laughs> I, you say you had a career challenge. day. Last yep. year against us, you had a career day. I, I, how, how, many, how many games of the past two years can we look back and say someone on the other team had a career day on offense? I feel like it's a high number. I feel like people are always, yeah. players are always having career days against the Oregon State defense. It's true. I mean, week one, not Cal Poly. <laughs> But yeah, week one is Chuba Hubbard, Chuba, however you say it. Week two, it was the JoJo Ward guy. Yeah, and then last year, every running back. Yeah, yeah, you know Benjamin, JJ Taylor. Um, too many to count. Yeah, so. Um, but maybe we stop that trend with Cal Poly, and it's never, it's it's done. No more career days. <laughs> None. This defense has turned a corner. Um, yeah, but I I don't know. Stanford has looked terrible. There's no two ways about it. Um, I think their their loss to Oregon, where they only put up six points, was actually probably their best performance of the season. Um, and there's a couple. There, Stanford's dealing with a lot of injuries, and they don't have a bye week before this game, obviously. And I think uh, Costello, their quarterback, he like you said, he's battling injuries, but he kind of said, you know, I see the rest of my team is banged up and everybody else is battling injuries. So it sounds like he's going to be out there even if he's playing hurt a little bit. Um, but we'll see. Stanford usually turns it around, and they're not going to – I don't expect Stanford to win just two or three games the rest of the season. I think they're probably going to get it turned around. Um what do you think? Yeah, do you still think Stanford is kind of up there in the Pac-12 North, or are they really having a down year? I, I yeah, I don't, I don't think they're going to be up there this year. I, I, which I've, I've always been a big, uh, not a big Stanford fan, but they're one of my favorite Pac-12 teams um, aside from Oregon State, and I usually, I've, I've picked them and I'll pick them a couple times this year, and it bit me in the butt, um, but. I I don't think they're going to be – I think they're looking at – I think you're probably looking at the two bottom teams of the Pac-12 North this season, this week. Just they're not that good this year. Um, yeah. I, I mean, guess, they, they yeah, what you think about if you, the Pac-12 if you North. In, yeah, Oregon, Washington, Washington State, and Cal, I'd say they're, they're all superior to Stanford right yeah. now. So, um, I, I I don't think it'll be, you know, it's it's a down year, but I, I I doubt it'll be one of those that sticks with them for too long. I could, I I still think they'll be a competitive team in the years to come, but I just this seems to be 
sort of a blip for them. Um, right. Yeah, I, I don't think they're going to find their way near the top of the top 12 this year. Yeah. I mean, did you ran off random tangent, but did you catch that Washington State UCLA shootout of the game? You know what? I didn't, and I was so upset about it. Cause I, I, I was, I forget what I was doing. I was doing some stuff around the house, and I was, I was kind of checking in on the score every now and then. And I, I forget what point it was, but like, Washington State was up by a significant amount at one point, and I was just like, eh, all right, I'm, I'm not gonna check anymore. I don't, I don't care. And then I, I think my wife and I watched a movie or something, and then I was about to go to bed, and I looked, and looked at Twitter or looked at the building band Slack chat. I can't remember which one. And I was like, wait, what the heck did I miss? So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I was a little bummed out that I didn't watch that. Uh, basically, basically the most tactful after dark game you could get, I think. <laughs> For real. I I was, yeah, um, same kind of thing. I was doing stuff. I think we we're my wife and I were hanging out with some friends. And then it got, got kind of late. And I was like, oh, hey. That UCLA Wash or Washington State games in the fourth quarter, let's turn that on. And that's when UCLA just started storming back. So that was exciting. Um, but I was kind of bummed because I think Oregon State UCLA is up next on their schedule. Um, so I, I don't want UCLA to, to have found something and gained some confidence. Yeah, that's that, that'll be interesting. That, that was one of my thoughts on that. Is I don't know if that's It'll be interesting to see if that's their turnaround game or if that was just like some something weird going on in the air that night. You know, it's I yeah. still I I still suspect they're not a very good team. And they they're not a very good team who had a very, very good quarter and a half of football, basically. Um Yeah. <laughs> it, it, didn't yeah. Washington State have like six turnovers or something? I I think so. I I just saw some stat that like UCLA scored 50 points in the last 17 minutes of that game. That is a that's that is a not... That's that's like <laughs> uh, the first 17 minutes of an Alabama versus FCS game. I mean, I feel like I feel like Washington State takes some of that blame when they are up by 34. And they can't oh, but, can't run the ball and milk the clock and get out yeah, of there with a win. I'm just sad that we no longer have the uh, the best uh, Pac-12 comeback of the past few years. Oh, that's true. They stole that from us, didn't they? They did. They did. Just um, another reason was, I hate UCLA. Yeah, it was the basic definition of proving it there, though. They, <laughs> They've kind of bucked that trend the past few years, where they they hadn't cooped it for a while, but <laughs> they cooped the hell out of that one. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see Washington State if that was a blip on the radar or if they start struggling down the stretch because they look good how, early. How does a quarterback throw nine touchdown passes in a loss? That is the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. Only a Mike Leach offense would that happen. Yeah. That's just oh. um kind of yeah, one other thing we should talk about. Um it sounds like this weekend for the Beavers is shaping up to be a really big recruiting weekend. 
Um, seems like they've got tons of people, like maybe in the hundreds, as far as like alumni and recruits that are coming to visit and be at the Stanford game this weekend. Uh, have you heard very much about that? Uh, I Not the specifics of who's there and whatnot, but yeah, it does sound like it's a, a rather big weekend as far as recruiting goes. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I mean, the fireworks already started with Devin Williams. That was huge. Um, that's that's definitely one of those. It, it's it, sorry, it's huge to Adam um, just from the on the field aspect, but I think that's one of those that also helps kind of give credibility to Smith and you know what they're what what he's building there just with with other recruits. They see okay, this guy who. You know, the big-time recruit, he's going there. You know, maybe they do have something going on, um, at least on the offensive side of the ball. I, yeah. So, and and uh, and it, it'll be interesting to see um, how this weekend goes because, like I said, it would be – be, I think sometimes um, the wins and losses on those recruiting weekends can be a little overrated. But if it's a good atmosphere and, you know, a, set, a, a win would be huge just because I feel like the emotion and the, the atmosphere of Reacher would be a lot better than it has been lately. Um, yeah. Yeah, that would help. It, it, Students are all back on campus now. Uh, it should help. Um, and, and, also. And, uh, I was going to say, and, and, and to at least two building the dammers, We'll be there and Leo and myself. So, you know. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm excited. That's, uh, that's important for the recruits. Yeah. <laughs> uh, when I'm still going to be in Utah for this game. Actually, I'm going to be in California again. Um, but I'm excited to get to Oregon. Probably going to get season tickets next year. So that'll be fun. There we go. Um, but another thing that I think. Oregon State's kind of doing a good job of is just recruiting other people's friends, if that makes sense. So I think Devon Williams is friends with uh, Jojo Forrest, who's a corner, true freshman, I believe, for the Beavers. Um, and then we're talking about Washington State, so this reminded me of it. But do you ever remember the recruit, uh, Jameer Calvin? Yeah, he's committed to Oregon State and Nebraska and then eventually signed with Washington State. Right, yeah. And yeah. he was the guy that I, I thought um, about when Champ Fleming's kind of had his big breakout game against Cal Poly and had that sweet catch because uh, I remember him and Jameer Calvin and Champ Fleming's were really good friends. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, that's another name to keep an eye out. If he, if he wants to to join a loaded wide receiver court. Yeah. <laughs> get him get him down to Corvallis where he should be. So it should just it's it's one of those things uh you know a lot of people on Twitter are uh, they don't like the portal but I'm like this is the greatest thing ever. I love this. Just keep Yeah. Just yeah. I mean I was I was worried about the transfer portal at first. If like some, well, like for example, 
well, hopefully this never happens, but like Jamar Jefferson has a blow up uh, true freshman year and then all the top colleges in the nation start sniffing around and he can transfer it his dream school if he wanted to, if that's not Oregon State. I was worried about that scenario, um, but that doesn't seem to be the case at all. It's more of Corvallis has been a destination for recruits that are unhappy and the Beavers really haven't lost a lot. Yeah, I mean, I think the biggest loss so far for Oregon State in that from the portal has been Isaiah Tufaga, who ended up at the Hawaii. But other than that, right. you know, other, others have transferred, and I don't want to talk bad about them necessarily. But if you, if you kind of look at the schools they ended up going to, kind of like, okay, well, right. they, typically most of them have basically dropped to a lower-level program, which I guess is kind of weird to say considering Oregon State, but I mean, typically like non-power five, that's what I should say. Right. Yeah. Um, no, yeah, I, I totally agree with you. So transfer portal so far, how many years has it been in effect? Has it only been like a couple of years? I think it's only been two. I think this is only the second yeah. year of it, but I, I, and, and Oregon State has got quarterback, Handful of linebackers, I feel like. Now a couple of receivers. Gonna... Yeah, I mean, maybe even got, like, that punter, kicker oh, guy. Oh, yeah, it's punter. I, I can't. Caleb Lighthorn, right? forgot about yep. that. Okay. Then there's been, like, I don't know if Kyrie Fisher counts, the Arkansas guy, uh, but he yeah. also was at a junior college. Yeah, he, he counts. Yeah, why not? Count him. Um, it is it is a the the high school recruiting um, for Oregon State is still probably not where it needs to be, but they've done a really good job for the transfer uh, both JUCO and um, the transfer portal, and I think that's a great way to kind of speed up a rebuilding process if you get guys that are already basically ready to play. Um, yeah. So I will kind of have to see how it shakes out still. Um, obviously, it's still early, but it's a, adding those guys um, is huge. And I'm curious to see if any more kind of pop up through through it this year. Though I think, I think it's kind of past the deadline or – I believe it's you have to be enrolled at the at your new school for the full year. So they'd have to basically do it today or tomorrow, which is kind of why mm-hmm. the timing with uh, Devin Williams worked out that way. Makes sense. Um, yeah. And that's and that's part of the reason. I don't know if you remember uh, when we added, you know, h- half of Nebraska's roster last year. Um, so <laughs> Scott Scott Frost kind of uh, complained about it because in, I don't even know about complaint, but he mentioned the fact that it kind of hurts programs like his because I, I don't know when they start school, but I think they start school like November, maybe early September. So Yeah, they're like different schools have different like trimesters yeah, or some and, whatever. And Oregon State is one of the later ones. So when kids kind of decide they want to transfer like either late in fall camp or like 
Kevin Williams early in the season, it, it definitely helps Oregon State's chances because they can still like, they can still come here in late September and be or sorry late September and be eligible for the next season. Um, yeah. Oh, and and one thing we need to talk about with the Devin Williams thing is he made Oregon Oregon fans pretty salty, and that makes me happy. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, there's he, nothing better than that. It's it's it, I haven't really seen as much reaction um, to the news that he officially transferred, but I know when the news kind of broke that he was visiting Oregon State, and then he didn't end up going to Oregon that same day. There's uh, there's a lot of the Duck fans dropping the well, oh well, we don't really we don't want it. You know, it must the coaches must have told him they don't they don't want him. They, that's the only you know, thing. It must be. Right. We, we didn't really we didn't really want him anyway. But that's my favorite. And, and, and again, it's I'm not it's not just Oregon fans, but they're they're one of my favorites to pick on because of the rivalry. But that's, sorry, that's just one of my favorite things in recruiting is when yeah, when fans time, get all excited about a guy, and then when they don't get him, they, well, we didn't want him anyway. Well, he wasn't a good fit. He's he's a diva. He he he's not good for the program. You know, just. I always love that reaction. You're like, shut up. You're you're upset. You just <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. Oh, and recruiting, last thing I wanted to is just insane in general. That's all. <laughs> um, last thing. Spend way too much time getting upset over the actions of 17 and 18 year old kids. Oh, a hundred percent. Um, and uh, so I found this is. Totally not Oregon State related, but college football related. Did you hear about right, the we Houston? We, 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 we can't talk <laughs> non Oregon State related things. That wouldn't be. That's right. Keep going. <laughs> uh, but Houston, they are they're four games into their season. They shut down their star QB and shut down their senior star wide receiver, and they're just giving them a. They're going to use a red shirt on them, so they can basically. I, punt on this season and have a better team next year you know that's i i hadn't seen the thing about the receiver i saw the quarterback and then there was some talk initially that like he was doing it so he could grad transfer at the end of the year but i think he came out and said he's planning on staying at Houston. but that's i i kind of like that strategy honestly it 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 sucks for the fans at the time it's kind of like it's kind of like a, I'm I'm a I'm a big Seattle Mariners fan and they're awful, um, but they've kind of deliberately um, tanked on this year so they could so they could improve over the next couple of years and I I always kind of like that um, I, I it's I think it's the smart long term play but it's definitely Definitely going to get a lot of backlash. Yeah, I found it interesting. I mean, I'm, of course, all for it. I I trust the process, don't mind rebuilds and tanking, stuff like that. Um, But I definitely don't think that this is what the NCAA had in mind when they gave that four-game redshirt rule. Um, Yeah, probably not. (laughs) But it's certainly interesting and something to, to keep an eye on. 
Uh, but I am all for exploiting dumb rules by the NCAA or anything. I'm all for the NCAA getting upset about yeah. things. They're the corrupt, sure. corrupt organization anyway. <laughs> yeah, I mean, to bring it around to the Beavers, I'd be thrilled if they uh, they redshirt Bradford this year and bring him back I, next year. I I am in agreement with that, for sure. Um, yeah. So I find it, I do find it interesting from the player's uh, point of view. I I could see that being a hard sell for, for the coaches. And I guess I don't, I don't know exactly who, whose decision that was in Houston and who, who had, who first came up with the idea. But I could see a, a, a player not necessarily wanting to do that, um, especially if they have, yeah. if they have of going to the next level that just delays things another year. But I mean, if it all works out, do it. Yeah, I mean, agreed. Um, it, I'm sure there's a few seniors on that team, and they're, it's their last year, and they're not thrilled about not putting the best players on the field. <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess I could, I could see that too. I didn't. It does kind of screw those guys over a bit, but I don't know. And, and yeah, but I, well, I I'm one of them. I would rather suck for a couple of years and then have have a a great year than just be mediocre every year. So, right, yeah, for sure. Well, it should be exciting this this weekend at Stanford. Uh, did you have any last parting thoughts for us? Uh, Got nothing. I got uh, yeah. I think we've covered it all. I gotta talk about the uh the Northwestern coach. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> there we go. Well sounds good. Thanks, Travis, and enjoy the, yeah. the rest of your week. You too.